Um, good morning, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen. It is my great honor to meet all of you here today to discuss the latest hot issues in the shipping industry in China. I am the moderator for this session, named as China Global Economy Shipping Navigation Beyond the Coronavirus. My name is Lian Junli, and I am a senior partner and the head of shipping team at Reed Smith's Hong Kong office. May I extend my warmest welcome to all of you and my panelist, Mr. Xu Hui, the representative um, for Captain Xie, chairman of the Board of China Merchants Energy Shipping Company Limited. Mr. Ping Chao, Executive Chairman of Huaguang Maritime Transport Holding Limited, and Mr. Bao Weidong, Deputy General Manager of China uh, Shipbuilding uh, Company Hong Kong, and Mr. James Tong, Managing Director, Head of Global Shipping and Logistics in Asia, Pacific, and Japan, head of Diversified Industry China of Citibank, and Mr. Benjamin Wang, head of Transport Industry of Invest Hong Kong of the Government of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. Our distinguished panelists will share with you with their insights and experience on the shipping industry from their own perspective. I trust our discussion will be of much interest to the stakeholders in the shipping industry as we hear from the ship owners, the shipyard, the bank, and the Hong Kong government. Now, Mr. Xu, um, perhaps we could first start with Mr. Xu. Can you please give us a very brief background and introduction to China Merchants Energy Transportation Company Limited. Mr. Xu, please. Yes, moderator. China Merchants Energy Shipping Company is called CMES for short. It's a Hong Kong-based broadcast ship owners and operator providing integrated shipping service, listing in Shanghai Stock Exchange. CMES provides a full range of transportation service by running a large diversified fleet, including crew oil tanker, dry bulk carriers, rollers, and LNG ships. Among them, 226 vessels are owned by CMS with a total of 38.77 million dead weight. It's worth mentioning that CMS is the world's largest VAC owners with 51 VACs worldwide trading currently and another four VACs under construction. We also have a largest VOC fleet in the world with 29 VOCs in hand and five VOCs under construction. In addition, CMES strategically invested 21 LNG carriers. All of those VOCs and LNG carriers are committed to long-term projects to generate stable returns by cooperating with our global partners. 
CMH is aiming to become one of the world's best integrated and competitive shipping enterprises and committed to creating values for strategic investment and all customers around the world since. Thank you, Mr. Xu. Um, as one of the largest shipping companies in China, what uh, are your company's major plans for this year? Obviously, in the COVID-19 global epidemic now, what we cherish the most is to safeguard the safety of our employees, both shore-based and on board. Uh, continuously deliver quality and reliable services to our customers and try best to increase revenue and reduce costs so as to improve values for our shareholders. Secondly, we are going on to conduct and complete the internal integration of drive-work business, which together almost rank top 10 in the world. This is not only for fleet merging, but the business, but also integration of fleet managing and human resources. Thirdly, we will keep on exploring digital technology innovation and application in shipping. For example, to monitor and improve the performance of our four intelligent ships. Lastly, we will continue to optimize our fleet portfolio. We expect another five VOCs will join our fleet this year. And also, we have four VOCs in order now. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Xu. Um, I think everyone knows it has been very difficult at times for many ship owners after the outbreak of coronavirus. Uh, in your view, how does the outbreak of the virus generally affect the shipping business in China? Last week, China released the dates for January and February that showed sharp drops in key indicators as a result of economic suspension of epidemic situation, such as fixed asset investment dropped by 24.5% year to year, and retail sales reduced by 20.5%. Inevitably, shipping business suffered a lot. Most seriously the effect was in February. Shipping flight rate dropped and the vessel idling time increased. Recently, China is successful to encourage enterprises to resume work and the shipping demand is recovering. However, shipping business is international. The outbreak of COVID-19 spread globally, especially in Europe and North America, which means new challenges for shipping industry. For shipping companies also are facing the difficulties in shifting crew and arranging safety inspection affected by traveling restrictions and the quarantine requirements. We trust the effects are temporary rather than longer period. However, different shipping sectors face different situations. Although container shipping and drive-work market hit a lot, crude oil tank market is enjoying unpredictable booming since two weeks ago. This is another story. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what about uh, the new buildings and uh, investment? What do you think uh, in the short term from your point of view? It depends. Current new building order will be for delivery at least one and a half year later. 
should not be affected by temporary economic context. If if ship owner accepts some comments to compare current situation to 1929 economic crisis, then we'll be very cautious. While if considering a number of countries have announced massive stimulus measures, there could be a chance for all the new wins maybe. However, I want to mention two points. One is uh, we may need time to see whether or how global trading pattern and the supply chain could be changed afterward. Two, there has been limited change to new building pricing over the last 14 months. For our company, CMES, we have a clear strategic direction for business integration and fleet development and will unwavering follow, following the strategy to make sure the achieve of goals. For example, we have kept doing fleet renewal for last uh, few years, and we will uh, go on this year. In fact, of unpredictable changes in the global market, we will carefully analyze and keep pace with the times and fine tune of our plans according to market condition. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Xi. I think um, we are very interested in knowing um, from your views from the uh, one of the largest uh, state-owned shipping companies. Um, now, can we turn to uh, another very long history, a very well-known shipping company in Hong Kong, uh, Hua Guang Shipping? Uh, Mr. We are very pleased to have uh, Mr. Hing Chao here. Um, uh, Hing, uh, could you give us a short introduction to your company? Uh, you are very well known in Hong Kong, in the world. Can you, maybe someone not um, knowing your company well, can you do a in brief introduction, please? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Wakong um, was founded by my grandfather in 1952. For the past nearly 70 years, we have been providing tonnage to global shipping, really across all sectors, from dry bulk carriers, oil, particularly crude oil, but also tankers, uh, product tankers, as well as gas. At this moment in time, we are mainly focused on oil and in dry bulk carriers. Um, we have 18 ships um, directly owned by Wakong, as well as six new buildings. Um, since two years ago, Wakong has started to diversify our business. So in addition to being a tonnage supplier, we have also started to provide integrated asset management services to our clients, which cover the range from new building supervision, technical management, operational and commercial management, which we see as very much a synergy with our, the traditional part of our business. Thank you, Hing. Um, I understand Hua Guang is currently building in multiple shipyards in China and you are due to take delivery of 15 vessels this year. Therefore, I believe um, you have unique insight into how Chinese shipyards are coping with the current situation. Could you share with us, please? Generally speaking, um, Mr. Bao, of, of course, is much better place to answer this question, and you'll probably, no doubt, add to my comments. But from our own experience, a general delay with state-owned shipyards in China tend to be between four to eight weeks, with six weeks being about the 
the mean. Um, one of our early ships due for delivery, actually one of our own ships, which is a Kamsamax due for delivery on the last day of March, that's to say 31st of March, that has been delayed exactly as I said for six weeks. So we are due to take delivery of that ship in mid-May and that's relatively indicative um, of all the new building projects we have going on in China this year. As far as we know, because we are also due to take delivery of ships um, in 2021 and 2022, as far as we know, there are no delays for the ships um, from next year onwards. Thank you, Hing. Um, I also understand Huaguang use uh, predominantly Chinese seafarers, and most of the, your dry docking will be done in China. I wonder whether you can share with some insights and experience in dealing with uh, the seafarers and the dry docking business in China. Yes, absolutely. Um, we use about 90 to 95% of our seafarers um, from mainland China. So obviously with uh, China being one of the first places in the world to be seriously affected by coronavirus, we were not and have not been able to change seafarers um, since January, but thankfully we have been able to obtain exemption and the indications are as China is going back to business and indeed shipyards are back to 85 plus percentage of capacity, we're also expecting uh, changing of crew to be possible across multiple ports in China in the near future, we're hoping in April. Um, in terms of dry docking, we were um, supposed to have a ship for dry docking in January. That was obviously delayed, but we have been able to get it done already. Uh, so dry docking is actually possible already in China. Thank you. And uh, from another angle, I understand uh, Huaguang has um, a new office in China as one of the few uh, private companies that had to, had to deal with the situations in China. Can you share with us your experience? Well, I have to say it has been an absolute boon to have an office in China. I think one of the difficulties that many international shipping companies are having um, at this moment is that China, of course, is a very important place for dry docking. Um, however, it's very difficult for pe people anywhere to travel. Um, outside of Europe, outside of US, flying to China. So having our own team of uh, superintendents in China enable us not only to attend to new building activities, but also to take care of dry docking. In fact, recently we have been asked by one of our uh, partners, friends in Europe, to assist them with uh, dry docking in China because they're simply unable to send their superintendent over. So indeed for us, it's been very, very helpful to have our own team of people to have a permanent office in China. Thank you, Hing. Um, I think unique, unique insights are very helpful and giving some practical guidance to the ship owners. And I'm very pleased to hear the active delivery plan and also work you have done. I hope uh, your company will uh, be very well and uh, thank you for your insight. Thank you. Yeah. Now coming to uh, shipbuilding, we have um, Mr. Bao. And um, last November, the two big shipbuilding companies were merged and also your company is listed in Hong Kong. Um, Mr. Bao, I wonder you can share 
with some insights, um, what were the pr practical difficulties uh, caused to the shipping shipbuilding industry by the virus to the Chinese shipyards, and how are uh, being resolved? Can you share with with us? Okay. Um, <clears throat> it, it is really a sudden um, disaster happened to all the Chinese shipyards uh, because you, you know. Um, Shipbuilding industry is a labor-intensive um, industry. Um, uh, it needs a large quantity of labor force. So um, the virus, the what we call um, COVID-19, huh? um, the main problem it causes is uh, uh, our labor force cannot go back to work. Uh, after Chinese New Year, as normal, uh, because of the virus. <clears throat> um, but anyway, so far, uh, up to now, I I got information from my uh, shipyard, uh, homeland shipyard, that um, over 90 percent of labor uh, forces uh, come back to to work, and this is one thing. And the, the ship, all the shipyards. Uh, they implement a very strict uh, hygiene and uh, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, hygiene um, um, rules uh, system uh, into the, uh, the, the, the daily work. So uh, to prevent uh, the further spread of the virus when the people uh, coming back to work. <clears throat> um, the meanwhile, they have uh, all the shipyards they take very good well of um, uh, ship owner supervisors um, class uh, classification society uh, surveyors and uh, uh, commission uh, uh, service engineers for for commissioning uh, from uh, various uh, uh, marine equipment suppliers uh, working in the shipyard so <clears throat> so far everything is under control and uh, uh, as uh, Hing just mentioned, um, the uh, delay of the ship, uh, new building ship, uh, I think it, it could be controlled in uh, uh, one or two months for for the um, uh, recent delivery of the ships. Uh, but for the ship delivered uh, next year in one year or two, um, that will be okay. Then there will be no no delay. <coughs> um, for for the time being, uh, the, the other hand, we have talked with uh, uh, ship owners very uh, smoothly um, in the in negotiation uh, negotiation arrangement for the new agreement for delivery of the ships. Um, most of the ship, ship owners cooperate have cooperated with our shipyards very well. Um, they we all think that this virus is really a force major event. So this is a common uh, point we, we reached with the ship owners. So now uh, I think uh, it's fine for, for, for all the shipyards <coughs> in China. Yeah. Thank you, Miss um, Well. I think it's very good to know. 90% of the, um, uh, the employees have come back to work and also shipyards have taken the steps to control um, the uh, hygiene and situations. And also, 
very pleased to note um, the shipyard and owners uh, are working together yeah. and uh, to um, to deal with the situation. Now uh, let's coming back to the another uh, current operation issues, IMO 2020. Um, the uh, things uh, January 1st, 2020. Um, what about the scrappers? And do you expect more ships will be installed, the scrappers? And um, what's, what's your view? Um, okay, for this uh, very hot topic, uh, we talked uh, all over the year last year. Huh? Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, into come come into 2020 and <clears throat> i think uh, the booming of the scrubber installation or retrofit a new building uh, will be over very soon okay. uh, it, it's because the following four points one is mm. and the price uh, gap between um, low and high sulfur uh, fuel oil uh, is now uh, very uh, narrow. Not narrow. Yeah, um, from uh, three hundred fifty around three hundred fifty US dollar at the beginning of this year uh, to now uh, it's only eighty percent, uh, eighty US dollars. So for eighty US dollars, uh, many ship owners will check very carefully their investment return. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this is one one point. Uh, another is. Uh, uh, for installation, especially the retrofit of the scrubber in shipyards, <clears throat> uh, the schedule uh, delayed a lot. As I mentioned in the last session, um, not only the schedule, but the cost for the ship owner is very high, uh, much higher than the expected. So this is the second issue. For uh, the third is. Uh, <clears throat> the virus yeah. uh, caused delay further of the installation schedule. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can see in now in, <laughs> in in our Chinese shipyard. Uh, I heard from uh, Wen Chong from the Costco shipyard, uh, from um, yeah major shipyard, e e even a uh, uh, China merchant shipyard in in Circle. Um, yeah. Now, at least 30, uh, 60 days late for for uh, late uh, late than schedule delivered. So the, the ship owner will consider, um, you know, the later for for delivery, the less uh, invested return for ship owner. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, this is the third point. Last one is. Uh, Last one is uh, um, for scrubber is uh, is not the only solution for 2020 uh, regulation. I'm a regulation. Uh, you can see now uh, <coughs> we I have some uh, I have a chart here. Yeah. Uh, showing. <coughs> yes. The red one is LNG carrier. Uh, LNG yeah. group here. Um, New building and the, the 
black one is uh, uh, scrubber. Yeah. Um, the LNG dual fuel is now increasing very yeah. steadily. Uh, up to today, about 400 vessels. Yeah. Uh, new building vessels uh, adopt uh, LNG. LNG. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> scrubber will, you, you can see it's, it, it dropped very sharply um, from the beginning of this year. Okay. The number of uh, scrubber installation. Yeah. Okay, so, it's very useful. And um, uh, now uh, coming back to the uh, your business, um, your Hong Kong company, one of the major part is leasing, yeah. right? And Hong Kong uh, just gazette the um, uh, as new tax bill uh, to in order to attract leasing companies to operate in Hong Kong. And uh, do you think um, if the law, if the draft coming to the law, and uh, this will attract Chinese leasing companies to operate in Hong Kong? Yeah, it's sure. Uh, <clears throat> you know, at, at present, we, uh, for, for leasing company, uh, normally we establish for each project a SPV company. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, SPV company, you can see uh, we register SPV company normally in um, BVI, Marshall, and others, uh, yeah. tax heaven, tax heaven, uh, tax heaven uh, countries. Yes. Um, if we want to avoid uh, the tax uh, in Hong Kong before, uh, at present, we can only use. Um, the chapter 23B. Yeah. Uh, uh, according to check, uh, this uh, chapter, mm. uh, if the ship, um, <clears throat> a shipping, a ship leasing company uh, cooperated in, in Hong Kong, and uh, <clears throat> it has a very strict uh, uh, Rules, requirements, yeah. Yeah, requirements for 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 uh, for the for such company to get uh, get rid of the uh, the the tax. Yeah. Uh, with a new <coughs> uh, proposal uh, proposed by the Hong Kong government, I think uh, it put Hong Kong uh, yeah. in the same level with uh, other area uh, tax haven area of the world. Um, it will benefit our leasing company much more. So we will not uh, consider more about setting up our company overseas. We yeah. can um, take our, uh, com uh, all these companies back to, to, to Hong Kong and uh, in the future also, we will uh, show more ap uh, appearance in Hong Kong with our uh, SPV companies uh, under th this arrangement of uh, tax, taxation. It's, it's a very good news for us, I think. Okay, thank you very much, Ms. Bao, and uh, thank you for your insights uh, to the shipyards, repair, scrappers, and the leasing companies. Very useful. And nowadays, it's very important now coming to the banks. Everyone is talking with the bank, even law firms. I think we, we are very pleased to have James here tell us some insight of the banking ship financing 
how do you deal with the situation? So, hi James, in your views, uh, what were your general, what do you think the general impacts caused by the outbreak of coronavirus to the ship financing business? Can you share with us? Sure. Um, I'm more than happy to share what I see. I think for this particular COVID-19 situation has actually thrown off lots of people. Um, but having said that, I think it really depends on which sectors are we looking at. Yeah. Like Mr. She earlier mentioned that the, 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 the tankers markets are doing very well and container shipping company actually is doing quite well too. Um, LNG is doing all right. The only sector probably is affecting is the cruise, cruise industry. Oh yeah. Um, similar yeah. to aviation itself. Um, I think that is the part that from the short term perspective, company like cruise company will need liquidity in order to deal with the situation in the short run. But in the long run, probably there'll be quite a lot of regulation going, people might fundamentally change the way that they go cruise. And this is how analysts and, and, and banks might analyze this industry very differently. Um, having said that, I think in Asia, there are not too many uh, cruise company, and most of them are in, in, in the US and they heavily rely on the capital markets. Um, okay. For me, I think it's not the short-term impact, but in fact, it's the long-term impact um, because of the current situation, how it would disrupt the supply chain. And also because of the situation, there might be acceleration of the reallocation uh, of, of different manufacturers in different countries. I think what benefit, uh, shipping industry will still be benefiting from that so long there will be trade amongst the countries. I think this is something that uh, what I see. Um, and also this is just an extension of the financial crisis 10 years ago. It already dried up quite a lot of capitals from some yeah. of them already. So I think it imposed in, in, in a lot of discipline into the, into the shipping industry. I always said that if the, the money will go to the right project, yeah. I think that actually helps shipping company because in the past when money is too, too, too available, it, it encouraged a lot of speculators in there that ultimately would affect the ship owners who is legitimately moving goods. Unless we don't believe there is a trade, I think that shipping will continue to be very important particularly for COVID-19. The only thing, as I mentioned, affected will be passenger related. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, today, I just um, heard from some clients, in particular, uh, Indian has announced um, uh, kind of measures. People are worrying about um, the day. marketing or the vessels have to wait. Are there any uh, measures, temporary measures for the bank to consider to offer to the lenders if they have difficulties? I just wonder whether your industry have some thought on this. At the end of the day, credit is credit, right? So <laughs> <laughs> bank type of depositors too. So we, it would not affect the way that we analyze the yes. clients itself. But I could be um, very comfortable to say that a lot of shipping clients nowadays have already gone through the crisis 10 years ago when yeah. the drop of liquidity. I think discipline has been instilled. And also the change of technology has discouraged a lot, uh, a lot of money going to crazy investment because yeah. 
don't know when you invest in technology, whether 10 years later, you're mm -hmm. going to be there. So the IMO 2020, the Poseidon principle, these are actually good for shipping. Um, yeah. For us, um, we are a global bank. Shipping is only one part of our global portfolio. So we, in fact, have been helping a lot of clients coming up with liquidity. We shorten our credit approval processes to help facilitate this, uh, the need. Um, from my perspective, luckily enough, our clients, in, for shipping clients, uh, specifically for shipping clients, those are the names that they have got uh, a lot of support from the relationship bank. They have got liquidities on their balance sheets. So that will actually allowing them to have buffers comparing to probably some of the names that over leverage and probably have been heavily relied on, on they, they're not diversified enough. I think those shipping company has already reduced quite a bit over the last 10 years. So for that, I think we'll continue to help our clients when there's a need, but so far I think Asian shipping clients have been very So they are in a very good position. Thank you very much. Um, Mr. Paul just mentioned the leasing new law on the tax, um, tax law in Hong Kong will attract uh, more leasing companies to come to Hong Kong. Um, as a banker, what do you suggest the Hong Kong government, what more they should do? Of course, we are here, Benjamin, and, but from the banker's point of view, what do you think the Hong Kong government should do in order to attract more companies operating in Hong Kong? I think it makes sense to have leasing company to do the heavy lifting so the shipping company can concentrate on what they do best. But having said that, we need to be disciplined how to allow leasing company to be investing in the ships too. So okay. that while we're encouraging them to, 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 to come to Hong Kong, another way that we can help them is to come up with similar to um, like export credit agencies around the globe, they might have direct, direct investment or they might have an insurance program. So what the Hong Kong government could provide an insurance program, probably for leasing company when they order certain green ships for the clients on a long-term basis or maybe on technology. This is something that can make use of the Hong Kong's um, AA rate, AA, uh, 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 AA plus rating, because that would really help lower another finance cost for the leasing company to do the right thing. I think this is something that um, we could also combine that with the green initiative that the Hong Kong has been very active in green investment, green bond. I think all of this could be a platform to link them together rather than looking at that on a, on a isolated cases. Another part is equity. We'll be able to help shipping leasing company to, to, to list their, um, uh, create a listing in, 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 in Hong Kong. I think this is the part that Hong Kong can, Hong Kong is a big financial market. It has a lot of investment, investors, various investors in here. And also it is a offshore RMB business hub. I think this is something that could create a lot of investment interest for RMB and also for a right type of ships. And Hong Kong could be a leader in that part um, to work closer with shipyards to develop the technology. I think in the long run, that would actually help the shipping industry. I think this is the part that what we can do, something more innovative. 
um, while we have got this bit by bit already, how we could use this opportunity to bring it forward. Because we know that 2020 is already here. And yeah. it will be uh, zero, zero carbon that <laughs> we're talking about. It's just yeah. a lot of time. So I think we need to be a little bit more Gus to do something innovative to, in order to be the leader, to, to leverage our already established, uh, well-established um, financial market in Hong Kong. I think it's very good, James. Um, a very good idea. I, I, I have to declare I am also a member of the Hong Kong Maritime Portal Board. I think your suggestion is really good. We have to be innovative and we have to consider and what are our advantages. Thank you very much. Thank you for your insight on the ship financing, leasing and the suggestions. Now coming back to the, I think it's good to have Benjamin here. And uh, Benjamin is in charge of the Hong Kong Invest. And uh, due to your work, a lot of companies now thinking or continue investing in Hong Kong. And uh, Benjamin, can you give us very brief um, what, what uh, you think Hong Kong government can do more, in particular, um, this kind of situation or uh, Great Bay areas or still one belt, one road aspect. Can you give us a very brief? Yes, um, um, thank you, uh, uh, yeah. Mr. Lee. Uh, now, um, I think uh, I'll, this is a COVID-19 uh, panel, so maybe I'll start with uh, something I've done just now this uh, afternoon. Um, yeah. We've got a request from uh, Spain and Italy um, to source for um, machineries. Uh, one uh, is for the uh, ventilator. Uh, it is under very um, a, a, a big shortage uh, over there in, uh, in both Spain and uh, Italy right now. And also mask uh, manufacturing uh, machines. Um, so actually the whole afternoon was um, spent um, trying to help them to find the suppliers of that. And um, so actually it comes in the very handy when the, we are right next to um, uh, mainland China uh, and that um, there are uh, uh, quite a number of uh, suppliers on that. And actually one of the supplier that uh, we uh, have um, uh, uh, helped to co get connected is uh, a, a partner of a China Merchant. Um, so uh, all the best um, uh, to this um, connection and hopefully they will be able to get um, those machineries um, that they need. Now, um, Going back to this panel, uh, I think um, um, the very tough situation for Hong Kong actually, uh, it is not only started with uh, COVID-19. Actually, uh, last year we started with the uh, trade war and then we got into the social unrest and now uh, COVID-19. Uh, so the government has been, um, uh, of course, uh, planning and also doing different things to deal with it. Uh, our forecast for um, uh, this fiscal year, um, the GDP probably it will be in the range of negative uh, 1.5% to 0.5%. Um, now, um, that's why we have this uh, expansionary uh, budget um, announced. Uh, we will be spending uh, additional 20% compare, comparing to last year um, so, so that we will be able to support the economies uh, more. Uh, and this is, this is uh, before COVID-19. Now with the COVID-19, we have this uh, 30 billion uh, epidemic fund set up, uh, which will be provided to the uh, business uh, to make sure that the business and um, they will be able to um, sustain through the um, uh, very tough outbreak. Now, um, what does it include? Uh, it includes, for example, um, profit tax break for uh, businesses uh, up to $20,000 uh, and also uh, concessory 
uh, low interest loan uh, under the uh, loan guarantee scheme uh, up to $2 million. Uh, and then we also have uh, this $66 billion uh, allocated uh, for the green bond uh, eastwards. Now, the reason um, there are many different items. The reason I picked these three items is because uh, now the profit tax reduction is aiming at keeping the money in the uh, company's pocket. Uh, whereas uh, low interest loan, um, that is mainly so, so that the um, uh, 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 businesses, when they need um, uh, additional financial resources, they will be able to get it uh, cheaper. And then the um, 66 billion uh, green bond issuance um, allocation is for the next five years. So that uh, when there are need for a longer term and also especially for uh, green initiatives uh, and technology, then you'll be able to get them. Um, so this is for business and for individuals, uh, we are also putting aside uh, $120 billion, uh, including a handout, cash handouts uh, to individuals, um, uh, $10,000 uh, each, and then also a salary tax reduction. So again, the aim is that um, businesses, we want to support them uh, and then they will be able to keep the jobs. Uh, being able to dis, uh, to stimulate uh, the economy, and then of course um, uh, individuals will be able to uh, uh, contribute to the uh, uh, economy. Uh, now, um, uh, Mr. Lee, you mentioned about the Greater Bay Area and uh, also, for example, uh, uh, Burden Road. Uh, I think um, now uh, start with the Hong Kong side. Actually, specifically for maritime, uh, Mr. Bao mentioned earlier, and also uh, James mentioned earlier about the um, ship uh, leasing scheme. Uh, and besides of that, we also have this um, tax reduction on the uh, marine insurance. Um, the marine insurance tax, uh, property tax will be reduced to 8.25%. And of course, uh, the aiming is at um, so that we will be able to get more suppliers of that here in Hong Kong. Uh, and then arbitration side, uh, we have the maritime arbitration group um, getting um, by itself independently. Uh, that will be using uh, the uh, terms and procedures will be uh, based upon the LMAA. And then, of course, we have the um, injury measure implemented between the mainland China and Hong Kong. Um, so this actually is uh, giving very strong support uh, to the maritime industry and especially the uh, maritime law and uh, arbitration uh, community. Uh, now, for the Greater Bay Area, actually, uh, Mr. Zhao mentioned about um, uh, the uh, setup of their exchange office, which is working out very well for them. And I think Greater Bay Area is, uh, that's the purpose that um, 11 cities, we group together, we leverage on each other's uh, strengths and advantages. So we've got talents over there, we've got technology, and we've got fantastic financial platform and international exposure over here in Hong Kong. So it's all a matter of um, uh, grouping together and make it stronger. Uh, now for the Belt and Road, um, now uh, with this COVID-19, actually, I think um, it will be uh, changing quite a bit of um, the geopolitics um, landscape and also um, uh, the mindset of the people about um, uh, different kind of cooperations. Uh, of course, uh, Hong Kong being part of China, we are very uh, keen to support and to uh, contribute more to the Belt and Road uh, from our perspective. Um, at the same time, uh, actually, I think um, the changes actually we, are, we will be observing on that. Uh, but I think uh, Hong Kong were a um, very small city, open economy. Um, so I think um, with shipping, which is connecting different parts of the world and economy, so I think it is a natural fit. Um, so with that, I think um, uh, uh, the COVID-19 is a medical um, event. And I think uh, before that, the global economy was going relatively well. So uh, what we are hoping is that um, 
uh, after the outbreak is over, uh, we will be able to pick up from where we left off, um, where the uh, economic fundamentals are actually strong, um, so that um, we will be able to grow again. Um, so the government is actually trying to make sure that we will be there. Thank you. Thank you, Benjamin. Um, our session's time is going to run out. And thank you all, uh, the panelists. And I believe um, we have briefly discussed how the Chinese economy and the main stake stakeholders are navigating out of the current situation and what the opportunities uh, are waiting us. Uh, I hope also our audience who are watching and listen to us will find this session helpful and inspiring. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.